0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a Nutshell for your Thursday morning. It is the 28th of September, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew back with you, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. SENQ 693 a.m. in Brisbane and SEN 1620 a.m. on the Gold Coast. one one 1170 our open line number 0457-736736, the text line. And it's all before breakfast with Vossie and Brandy through SEN 1170 a.m. in Sydney and breakfast with Pat and Heels for listeners in Queensland after the 6 o'clock news. Big show coming up. Of course, the Delhi Ems last night will go through all of the award winners, the big award winner as well very shortly, and all the other news of the day floating around. Chris Perkins from America will join me in about 10 or 15 minutes time from now to get the latest from the United States. And there has been cricket overnight, a victory for Australia in the last one day against India. We will speak to Paul Dennett, our cricket expert on the show in about half an hour to get the latest from that. The Marsh Cup also underway. That's been floating a little under the radar so we might get him to touch on that as well but plenty to get through on this thursday morning not too long until the long weekend for most of us especially if you're listening in new south wales and queensland I want to hear from you one 0111 70 457 736 736 it's coming up to two past five
1: the hot topic thanks to rain built tough for aussie conditions when it comes to water heating ask your plumber to install a ring
0: Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best and install a Australia's favourite hot water. Before we get to the Delhi M, something we were speaking about a bit earlier on in the week in the show, I think it was on Monday morning, and I wonder if Chris Perkins has done his homework. Still looking for a listener who is based in Brisbane, flying from Brisbane to Melbourne, then Melbourne to Sydney uh, for both grand finals, or maybe just doing one of them. Uh, more than likely on this show, you'd imagine the NRL grand final would probably outrate the AFL grand final, but you never know. Be going watch the Lions. Um, so I want to hear from you if you are doing that. Also I want to hear from you if you are in Brisbane and if you're not going to either of the games, what have you got planned for the weekend? What are the weekend plans for people in Queensland, especially if you're a Lions and Broncos fan? What's the plan? How do you Pace yourself through the weekend. It could be quite a long weekend. Could be a very good weekend. Could be a very bad weekend. Could be a mixed weekend, but I think it'd be a lot of fun. So, anyone in Brisbane listening this morning would love to know what you're up to. And I also want to know this morning, what would be your ultimate sporting weekend? Now, it can be something that is actually possible to do, or it can be something that is not really possible to do. It could be something on the other side of the world one day and uh, the other side, the next. One side of the world, one day, the other side, the next. But what's your ultimate sporting weekend? If you could go to events on a Saturday and a Sunday, you could throw a Friday one in if you want, Friday night one in if you want. What would be your ultimate sporting weekend? A plausible one or a not so plausible one? Might find a prize for the most inventive. One three hundred O one eleven seventy or O four five seven seven three six seven three six. If you are in Brisbane, what are you doing this weekend? Wanna hear from you? And also what would be your ultimate sporting weekend? Maybe this weekend coming up would be your ultimate sporting weekend where you can go to the AFL Grand Final into the NRL Grand Final. One 0457 or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Let's have a look at some of the news of the day. It's part of our Makita Power Play. Makita XGT Experience Professional Cordless Power Without Limits at four past five. Deli M's. Did you watch them? Did you sit down last night? Of course, they're on uh, Fox League. Uh, went for a couple of hours, I think. Uh, to be honest, I saw a little bit of them, but didn't see a lot. Um, did you watch them? Did you enjoy it? Uh, I've heard a bit of criticism and saw a bit of criticism on social media of the M Awards. And saw quite a few people actually tweeting um, that the voting system needs an overhaul. Um, now, I don't know whether that is the case or not. Um, what you think to that, of course, it has just had an overhaul because we have had, uh, instead of players only being eligible for three points, they are now eligible for six points. Um, so that has been an overhaul this year, but now there are people calling for more of an overhaul. So what did you think? Did you enjoy the telecast? Did you enjoy watching the Dell Did you not watch the Dell I know some people would never watch it. Um, so interested to hear uh, from you. But uh, Caitlin Pong ended up taking out the Dell race. Very, very close Although, apparently, fans have been left divided after Warriors star Sean Johnson was denied victory with Cailin Ponga pipping him in the last round by one point. Now, Ponga's last gust victory came as a shock to many after the star had polled just six points when voting beh- went behind closed doors. And we spoke about this yesterday on the show, that when voting went behind closed doors, Sean Johnson, who ended up finishing second in this year's Dele M race, was the only one really... Um, Of the final list that I can see in front of me here, maybe Harry Grant was another one that was in uh, the race after 12 rounds. So things changed a lot in the second half of the season. Um, Of course, he didn't score many points earlier in the year because he didn't play too many games because he was out with concussion. Uh, He pulled 50 points over the last 12 rounds. Quite an amazing achievement and does reflect what the Knights and what Caelan Ponga did at the back end of the season. So, uh, the final and leaderboard, Caitlin Ponga finished on top with 56. Sean Johnson, one away with 55. Last year's winner, Nico Hines, 54. Daly Cherry Evans, 50. Nathan Cleary, 48. Harry Grant, 47. Adam Fanua Blake, 44. Dylan Edwards and Payne Haas finished on 42 each. And Isaiah Yo, Isaiah Yo finished on 41. Your thoughts, Did Kalen, was Catelyn Ponga, the best player all season. And this is what I think has divided the talk on social media. Now, there is no doubt that Caelan Ponga, the second half of the season, what the Knights did winning, uh, what was it, 10, 11 games in a row, was spectacular. And he was a big part of that. He only missed the one game, and that was at the end of the season, the final game of the year against the Dragons. And he, without him playing like that, I don't think they go on and win as many games as they did. So no doubt he was the form player at the end of the season. But you do have to feel a little sorry for Sean Johnson, don't you? Um, Made it a week later, obviously, but it was in the finals. Then the Newcastle Knights and Caelan Ponga. And played throughout, basically, I know he missed the odd game, but basically throughout the entire season. And was in form, basically, right throughout the entire season. Um, So whilst Caelan Ponga definitely deserves it for his last 10 or 12 weeks, as I said, scoring 50 points over the final 12 rounds. Do you find it a little unfair that Sean Johnson didn't win it? One away. Caelan Ponger, 56. Sean Johnson, 55. And did you enjoy the Dell EMs? Do you think there could be an overhaul to the voting system? Or do you take it for what it is? Um, so well done to Caitlin Ponga. Uh, condol- condolences, I suppose, to Sean Johnson. Still a very good season uh, for Sean uh, Johnson, and well done to every player that won awards last night. Uh, the team of the year, by the way, Caitlin Ponga was clearly the fullback. The wingers were Delaware Tennis and Jermaine Asako. The centres were Stephen Crichton and Herbie Farnworth, who, of course, will meet uh, on Sunday night. Our uh, 5'8th was Ezra Maum, a uh, man. Uh, halfback was Sean Johnson. Uh, the props, Payne Haas and Adam Fanua Blake. The hooker, Harry Grant. Uh, the second. Second row is Liam Martin and David Fafita, the lock Pat Carrigan. Um and for the NRLW, uh the Deli M winner there was Tamika Upton. So good uh night for the Knights, no pun intended, uh winning both Delhi M awards. And well done to Caitlin Pong. I mean, again, as I say, the last uh twelve weeks was fantastic. Certainly deserved something from that and ended up winning the Deli M. Are you happy with Caitlin Pong winning the Dell M? Did you watch them? Would you like to see an overhaul? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. And, and look, it's a fantastic achievement from Caelan Pogba. Considering at the start of the year when he went down in what was it round two at Leichhardt Oval against the Tigers, you thought maybe uh, this could be the end of his career or at least would be out for a long period of time. Returned about six weeks later, and and as I said, an amazing end of the season for him, an amazing end of the season for the Newcastle Knights and an amazing turnaround. And let's hope he can just capitalize on what they did and what he did at the back end of last year and continue that form next year. Your thoughts on anything, Deli M's happy to take. Any thoughts on it? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Uh, now, I'll get to your text shortly. As I say, Chris Perkins coming up. Very, very soon. Still expecting a very hot day in Sydney on Sunday. I think it's now uh, the the latest uh, weather forecast said 35 degrees. So going to be a warm one in Sydney on Saturday. We'll talk more about that when we get to our preview tomorrow morning with Charlie Good. So just a bit of other rugby league news as well before a break. And this news has been floating around, been rumoured for the past couple of weeks, Uh, but it seems that former South Sydney Parramatta and West Tigers coach Jason Taylor is set to make the move to the Bulldogs with Cameron Sorraldo adding to his coaching staff. Taylor and the Bulldogs are in advanced discussions for Taylor to come on board ahead of next season after the pair were spotted having a meeting in Belmore earlier this month. A Bulldog source said only a last-minute hiccup would stop the deal from going ahead. We know Taylor coached North Sydney uh, in the grand final. Unfortunately for North Sydney, they lost on Sunday. Uh, 22 points to 18 to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Taylor's last uh, head coaching role in the NRL was with the Tigers in 2017. He led the Tigers to 51 matches. Before that, he coached South Sydney from 2007 to 2009 and had a 16-game stint as a caretaker coach at the Eels in 2006. He has also been Trent Robinson's assistant at the Roosters in recent years before assuming the head uh, coaching position at the Bears. So, and we know the Bulldogs were only won just seven games in Sorrelto's first year in charge. Jason Taylor heading to the Bulldogs in an assistant coach role, it seems. Happy with that, Bulldogs fans? Uh, clearly he has a lot of head coaching experience. We know that to some degree of success. I remember when he coached Souths in 2007, they made uh, the finals, which no one expected them to do uh, at that point in time. That was a big Feet for Jason Taylor and the Rabbitohs at that point in time to get South Sydney to the final. So no doubt he'll bring in a bit of experience, uh, obviously with the halves, goal kicking as well. Um, so your thoughts on that, if you're a Bulldogs fan uh, if, even, and if you are a Norths fan, Jason Taylor uh, leaving, it looks like after a, quite some time as, uh, coach of the North Sydney bears your thoughts on that. Uh, that is all for the Makita Power Play. The uh, the new Makita XGG, the professional choice of cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. Your thoughts on the EMs? Are you happy with the winner, Calen uh, Ponga? Are you happy with the process? Would you like to change it? Um, and anything else you want to talk about? In the world of sport, your ultimate sporting weekend. What would be your ultimate sporting weekend? Is it this one, the AFL into the NRL grand final? Or is it something else? one 300 your text. And Chris Perkins in America on the other side of this. It's 12 and a half past five. Tradies it in a nutshell. It's 17 past five to Chris Perkins in America in just a second. Don't forget Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Just a text here before, a couple of texts before we get to Chris Perkins. Uh, This is from the Kingswood Welder. Good morning, young Dan. Uh, I missed who won Bite of the Year. Did Jackie Boy get it? Uh, Thank you, Kingswood Wilder. I don't think there was a category in the deli end for Bite of the Year, but... Uh, considering he was the only one that did it, he probably would have won it. Thank you, Kingswood uh, Welder. We'll go through some of the other award winners a bit later on in the show. Also asking you about your ultimate sporting weekend. Not overly familiar with these events, but Trotman says ultimate sporting weekend. Little Brown Jug in Delaware, then to the Mohawk Million at Woodbine Canada. Uh, that from the Trotman. Yeah, asking you for your ultimate sporting uh, weekend. Your thoughts on the M Deli-M last Deli-Ms last night? Did you watch it? Were you happy with Kalen Ponga taking it out by... One point over Sean Johnson. Um, do you think it needs another overhaul, the Dell EMS? Your thoughts? one 300 one or 457 736 So any questions for this next man?
1: Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA.
0: And Chris Perkins is on the line from America. Morning to you, Chris.
1: Hey, good morning. Uh, here, here's a thought for ultimate. How about the ultimate sporting day?
0: Yes, watch it? Well, two of the longest
1: yeah. auto races. Two of the longest auto races in this country: the Indianapolis 500 in open wheel, and the Coca-Cola 600 in NASCAR. Ooh. There have been drivers who have raced both of those in the same day.
0: Mm, very, very good. Uh there's so many so many things you could choose from for your ultimate uh sporting weekend. Yeah. That's a good ultimate sporting day. Now, uh let's start off with a couple of breaking stories that have happened over the past couple of hours, mate.
1: Yeah, since I've been on the <laughs> since I've been on the air on the overnight crowd at two o'clock this morning, uh two breaking stories. Michigan State and this was definitely expected. Uh they have fired head football coach Mel Tucker. For cause, and these are two very important words. Uh, he was accused of sexual misconduct uh, in an investigation. Mm. Uh, they they found that he had committed these these acts uh, of sexual misconduct, and they announced they sent him a letter last week saying they intended to fire him for cause. Gave him a week to respond. He responded. Michigan State didn't care. They fired him today. Uh, the statement from. From the university said they terminated Tucker's contract, quote, for his admitted and undisputed behaviors, which have brought public disrespect, contempt, and ridicule upon the university and constitute a material breach of his agreement and moral turpitude. Now, this for-cause part, that is important because if they just fired him for any reason, they still owed him $79 million left on his contract. They're trying to get out of it. What this is going to lead to is what's known in legal circles as billable hours. Lawyers will be involved. I have no doubt lawsuits will be filed out of this. So this is definitely not the end of that story. Mm. And the other breaking story, uh, Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers, uh, not anymore. He is now a Milwaukee buck. He's been traded to the Bucs, part of a three-team deal uh, between Portland, Milwaukee, and the Phoenix Suns. Mm. Uh, Portland, in exchange, they get Drew Holiday from Milwaukee, DeAndre Ayton from the Suns. They also get uh, Tumani Kamara, Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first-round draft pick and unprotected swap rights to first-round picks in 2028 and 2030, basically. Portland gets the higher of the two picks between uh, them and Milwaukee in in those uh, two particular years. So a, a massive deal uh, for for Milwaukee and uh, for Milwaukee for Portland. Honestly, both sides win. Certainly, the two big sides in this one they they win in this one because. Portland, they did right by Dame Lillard by sending him to a contender. He wanted to contend for a championship. He said he wanted to go to Miami. They couldn't get him to Miami because Miami didn't come back with a good enough trade offer. But how about we send you to Milwaukee where you get to play with Yannick? Not a bad bad consolation prize for not getting sent to Miami, Dame Lillard. And Milwaukee showing intent. Mm. Hey, we still want to be championship contenders, saying to Giannis, you need to re-up with us. You need to stick around because Damon Lillard's still got four years left on his contract. So this this is a pretty decent-sized window for Milwaukee to be a serious problem in the NBA.
0: All right. Sounds good. That's why we love having you on with the breaking news. Now, what have we got to look forward to? Just before we talk a bit of NFL, a bit of music, uh, what have we got to look forward to this weekend, Matt?
1: Uh, this weekend, uh, more college football. You know, I honestly looked at the college football schedule, mm. or for that matter, the NFL schedule. Uh, I do know the Kansas City Chiefs will be playing at the New York Jets on Sunday night. Mm. No word on if Taylor Swift is yeah. going to be there like she was Sunday in Kansas City yeah. for, for the Chiefs-Bears game. How, that wasn't that interesting. How
0: how all that went down. Well, that kind of almost broke the internet. So I've got a friend of mine who is a massive. Uh, he loves Taylor Swift. He loves his NFL. Loves Taylor Swift. So it's kind of uh, good for him. He gets he gets both, and he's actually it he is a very good combination well, at the moment. It is. Um, and he was one of those ones that when taylor swift tickets went on sale here oh, gee it would have been about three months ago now two or three months ago was uh, basically he got a team of people even those who weren't interested in going to see taylor swift to try and get tickets for him uh he did end up getting tickets he took the day off work that's how committed he was to get these tickets for taylor swift who's here i think is it early next year something like that anyway uh to get tickets so he was very excited that he actually managed to get tickets uh, look i've seen taylor swift before i've seen her in concert once she's I'm She's good. He, he absolutely adores her. So he's over there in America now, was watching all the NFL games the other day in a bar. It puts uh, one of those Instagram stories on. Uh, I mean, he, he messaged me straight away. As soon as he saw Taylor Swift pop up on the big screen, he said, this is the one. They're going to stay together forever. So a lot of pressure, but you never know. <laughs> hey,
1: listen, I, and I've got to give Travis Kelsey a lot of credit. Yeah. You know, for, for shooting his shots. All right? Uh, yes. The, Wayne Gretzky, greatest hockey player of all time, greatest goal scorer of all time in NHL history, has a famous saying, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Mm. Travis Kelsey took his shot. Now, he could have shot a, shot an air ball. Mm. No, no, no. He drained a logo three on this one. I'm mixing my sports metaphors here big time. No. Uh, but he nailed a logo three with this one. A- and I thought it was kind of a goof last week when his brother Jason – mentioned was talking about it on uh WIP at radio in Philadelphia, uh, about it about, you know, the rumors between about Travis and Taylor being one hundred percent true and then Travis mentioning on his podcast with his brother about, you know, inviting Taylor to come to the game. You would have figured, okay, maybe your publicist comes out with a statement or Taylor puts something out on Instagram or one of the socials saying that's a great idea i would love to do that we gotta let's find time to do this no first opportunity
0: Mm. she has
1: to go to arrowhead stadium after the invitation comes out from travis publicly Mm. she has her butt in a suite sitting next to mama kelsey Mm. you don't get to meet mama straight away typically in a relationship that tells me there's a lot more than just smoke here. There's something going here. Your friends may be on to
0: something. And sometimes you don't you don't want to meet the mother straight away either. Um question. Right. If uh, yeah, I, I don't know it's th- And I, don't know, I don't know we're thinking a long way down the track. A long, long way down the track. If those two were to get married, what so, would that be a huge story in the US? Would that uh, break records of papers sold and air on the airwaves? It would be massive, wouldn't it?
1: Imagine, think back back in the day, the wedding of Princess Diana and Prince Charles.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Multiply
1: that by about 5,000 mm. and you're close.
0: Uh, I think my mate <laughs> I think my mate would love to get an invite to that wedding. But anyway, we'll see what happens. Hey, just on the music front, staying on the music front for just a second, Usher, uh, and now I think we established with you last year or earlier this year, you don't watch the halftime entertainment, um, but Usher yeah. has been named uh, the entertainment for the Super Bowl next year. I thought a little odd that, and I, that look, they may have approached them, but I thought a little odd that they didn't go the killers seeing the games in Vegas. They're a Vegas band. I would have watched that halftime show, Chris, but no, Usher... Sure. Instead,
1: well, I, mean, I, Usher. I listen. It's Vegas. You could have got, you could have drugged anybody from any show out in Vegas and gotten something. It's right. not like there's a lack of entertainment out in Las Vegas. Who, who actually are based out in Las Vegas, but listen, Usher. He'll do a fine job. Very popular. Mm. Um, I probably won't watch it because I typically don't watch the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, the last one I think I really watched was Prince. Yeah, and that... Yeah, unfortunately, uh,
0: he's not available. No. God
1: rest his soul, he's not available.
0: No, and of course, halftime pre-game entertainment has been a bit of a talking point here over the last couple of days because we've got our uh, Grand Finals AFL and NRL Grand Finals coming up. Speaking of which, you have a bit of an NRL Grand Final preview in just a second. Uh, And maybe, look, maybe the Killers are just saving themselves for when the NRL go over to Vegas about a month later and play at that great sporting event. Uh, Now... uh, Uh, just very quickly, I want an update on your MLS team. Well, I know your MLS team not featuring in the next couple of days, but what's happening over there? Because the story around Messi's got a little quiet on this side of the world. What's the latest there?
1: Well, I'll tell you first, for my my team, St. Louis City came back 1-2-1 on Saturday. Mm. Uh, They are eight points clear at the top of the Western Conference with, they have three games to play. They are... Oh, so close to clenching continental football next year mm, okay. because the yep. winner, the, the top team in each conference gets a spot in the CONCACAF champions cup. Mm. So amazing. First season qualifying for continental football. Uh, in addition to what, what else they've done historically this year, uh, it, it's just completely and totally blown me away. But yeah, 17 wins on the season. Uh, 53 points, 8 clear at the top of the table. Tonight, U.S. Open Cup final, excuse me, the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, basically our equivalent of the FA Cup. It's Miami against Houston. Mm. Lionel Messi, a game-time decision uh, dealing with some some old scar tissue that's kind of flared up for him. So don't know if he's going to be able to go tonight. If he doesn't, Mm. Houston will think. We've got, we got a legit shot. If Messi's there, well, then they're going to have to figure out how to solve the Messi mm. puzzle unlike anybody else has so far this year.
0: Now, come over. No, no, exactly. Now, throughout the year, we've been asking for your NRL tips and you've actually been doing pretty well, it has to be said. But of course, the grand final on Sunday night, we will be, by the way, on air on Monday morning uh, from 5am. Nothing changes, although it does change in Queensland. I'll get to that in a second, but we'll be on air on Monday morning. Uh, Now, you've done a bit of a preview for us. You've done some research, Chris. Uh, yeah, unlike
1: anything I've done all season long, other than looking at the standings, mm. looking at the, the actual ladder in the NRL, I actually have notes here. Oh, okay. And I am, I am actually to the point where I may see if I can find this on TV over here, because it sure. looks like it's going to be a damn good game. Uh, Penrith and Brisbane, 61st all-time meeting. Penrith mm. going, of course, for their third straight mm. uh, NRL uh, premiership they split their meetings this year i noticed you have uh, brisbane, done your research uh, each winning each winning on the road as well mm. brisbane beat penrith at penrith 13-12 in round 1 penrith returned the favor 15-4 in round 12 at brisbane so the the rubber match is, is the is the grand final uh, Oh, man this this is going to be such a good game and i i was looking at some of the stats from from both of the games Penrith looked like they dominated both of them just by the stats. I mean, out-gained out, out, uh, uh, out gained Brisbane by 700 meters in the round 12 game, uh, including uh, 615 to 440 post-contact. Mm. And, and, of course, winning by 11 points, that shows a little bit more domination. But, you know, Penrith did outgain gain Brisbane in, in round one as well, mm. and it looked like Brisbane was just hanging on for dear life there at the end, only scoring a point. In the second half, after leading 12 6 at halftime. So, uh, some of the other stats I, I saw here mm. uh, Penrith have won nine of their last 11 games. at A, a core, is it pronounced? That yep, like? yep,
0: a core, a core yep. A core,
1: a core, uh, at a core stadium. They won five of the last six against the Broncos. The Broncos have not won a finals game in Sydney in 15 years. Super that's cool. a stat that's alarming.
0: Years. I'm just noting that it's down. Me, mm. uh, that that look that that's uh, that. that uh, to be honest, I didn't know half of that. So that is some extremely good research. But now I put you on the spot, Chris. After all your research, all that preparation, who wins?
1: Ooh,
0: let's
1: see. Both teams averaging 27 points a game. Penrith got a little bit better defense. And and look, correct me if I'm wrong. Penrith's going for kind of history here. Because uh, there's never been a three peat in the NRL era, correct?
0: Not in the NRL era, no. Not since the eighties has a three peat happened.
1: Okay. I'm saying sorry, Brisbane. I'm I'm sorry. I think it's gonna be a classic, kinda like the AFL grand final's gonna be Saturday afternoon. I think this was gonna be a good one, but I think history gets made. I'm I'm tipping Penrith
0: two. Penrith by two. Okay, we will review that next week and see where it landed. Also enjoy the AFL Grand Final, man. I know you've got uh, Collingwood in there, so we'll see what happens yeah. against the Brisbane Lions there. We will chat next week. We'll review your NRL Grand Final tip and uh, get the latest from America. We'll chat then, man. Sounds good. Have a good day. Good stuff. Great research. Chris Burkett's on the line from America. Any thoughts on that? Brisbane, 15 years since they won a finals game in Sydney. Well done, Chris. Great stuff. Uh, we'll take a break. Calls, texts, and Paul Dennett to talk some cricket on the other side of this. is Tradies News in a Nutshell at twenty seventy three to 6. We're going to talk some cricket with Paul Dennett in a second. Before that, let's go to the open line. Jamie from Brisbane's on the line. Wants to talk about the Delhi M's last night. Morning, mate. Morning, mate. How you going? Very well. Did you tune in and watch them last night?
2: I did, mate. I did. I watched it all. And Mm. to be honest, I don't have a problem with Kalen winning it. I think um, it's heartbreak to Sean Johnson, but it's a testament to Kalen after bouncing back, after missing the origin and the way he performed was was really good. But I think the award um, that I was a little bit disappointed in is is probably the coach of the year. Mm. I think the way Ivan and Kevy have juggled their squads through origin and everything, and to be there in the last game of the year, I think it's a huge achievement. Taking nothing away from from Webster, obviously the Warriors have had a great season, but Mm. I just would have liked to see either Ivan or Kevvy win it. I think it would have been a good reward for the way, you know, they, they were pretty affected by origin. And to come through that and, and, and still and be in the grand final is, is massive, I feel. So that was probably the only one I was a little bit disappointed in.
0: Yeah, Andrew Ebster winning coach of uh, the year. And I think, look... Uh, you. There's arguments for, obviously, him, arguments for Kevin Walters, arguments for Ivan Cleary. I think all three of them deserve to win it. I think, look, Webster's done a fantastic job in his first year at the Warriors, no doubt about that. I did see, um, I think it was yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon at some point on social media, that there was a suggestion. I'm sure I saw this made by Kevin Walters a couple of days ago about the fact that uh, the coach of the year award should actually be awarded after the grand final, not before the grand final. What do you make of that suggestion?
2: Yeah, I I don't mind that either. I think that's not a bad idea. Um, I didn't actually hear that, but yeah, that's that's probably, you know, the coach that wins the grand final, I mean, you you do have a lot of different circumstances, don't you, aside that you know, if you go back to 2017 the Cowboys, they sort of missed the eight, well they looked like they were going to miss the eight, and they snuck in and then went on a run to the grand final. Um, Yeah, it's a tough one, it really is, but I I feel like these two coaches have been miles above this year and, and the way they've juggled their rosters has been just unbelievable, and and I think yeah, we're in for a hell of a game on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it should be good. I know you're calling from Brisbane. Are you a Broncos fan or a Lions fan? I'm a massive
2: Broncos fan, mate. I have been for a long time and um yeah, this is this is this is a really, really big occasion for us. I think it's been a long time in the doldrums. Um we've growing up all I ever knew was success with the Broncos and um the last couple of years have really sort of really hit home about what it feels like to be at the bottom, so If they were to lift the trophy on Sunday, mate, it would be very, very special for all the supporters, I feel.
0: Good luck on Sunday, mate. Call back next week, especially if they win. I want to hear what happened with the celebrations. Thanks, mate. Have a good weekend. Enjoy it. You too, mate. Thank you. Uh, And you can join Jamie on the open line one 1170 just for our listeners in Queensland as well Uh, from Monday. And I will be here on Monday, but uh, Monday, obviously, with uh, the time changing in New South Wales and other states, uh, the show will be between 4 and 5 a.m. for the next six months, which means I get to tell you two different times. So normal time tomorrow. And then, uh, unfortunately, uh, just the way things are uh, from uh, Monday, 4 to 5 a.m. For New South Wales listeners, of course, it stays between 5 and 6 a.m. Time to talk some cricket now we do this for the makita xgt experienced professional cordless power without limits
1: now on tradies news let's get the latest in cricket
0: and paul dennett our cricket experts on the line morning paul Morning, Dad. How are you? Yeah, very, very well. Busy week, of course. Grand final week with both the NRL and the AFL. We might get your NRL tip before we let you go a bit later on. But a good night for Australia in the cricket after a pretty bad couple of weeks with a win in their final one day or against India. Ah, yeah, we're back. We're back. <laughs> um,
3: I spoke about it last week. There's a myth that Australian fans have that when the World Cup comes around, no um, matter if we've been in a bit of turmoil beforehand, we put it together. Well, last night was kind of the, the indicator of that. It was kind of a uh, the perfect template for what they're kind of trying to do over there because they had an explosive start, Mitchell Marsh in particular. Uh, and mm. then they had a bit of a consolidation period, which they were not able to do in South Africa. In South Africa, they were going down in flames. Um, and this is a little bit more like realising, yeah, it's not a long T20. There is uh, differences in the 50-over game. Uh, and then they accelerated away again and finished up with a, a massive total of 350. And then bowled really well. Um, uh, you know, India came out on a very, very flat pitch, just hitting the ball into the stands for fun. But the Australians stuck to it and gradually gradually wore them down. Very, very hot condition. Mitchell Marsh said it's the hottest he's ever um, played cricket in. Uh, they were basically after every over on their haunches. At one point, they brought a seat out for him. Um, it was um, very, very enervating conditions, which is kind of potentially going to be part of the course for some of the games coming up. But... Uh, yeah, a a really good result, one worth staying up for.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about those conditions uh, in a second for the World Cup that begins in, what, just over a week's time, which we're very excited about. And now, Glenn Maxwell, he's been a big talking point heading into this series, heading into the World Cup. Where do we find him standing at the moment? I know he only made uh, five in uh, the batting scoreline, but do we see him being a big part of this World Cup venture for Australia? Ah, Maxwell, I love him. I've been <laughs> such a Maxwell fan
3: for so long. I've at various times said he should be the opening mm. bowler, the wicketkeeper, the captain, the prime minister. And last took four night, wickets, um, yeah. That's the thing. Typical Maxwell mm. um, uh, just surprises you because it was very disappointing. He got got only five with the bat. Mm. Um, got a phenomenal ball from Jasper Boomer and then came out career-best figures and was deservedly uh, man of the match. also took one of the... The more um, extraordinary catches. Rohit Sharma, who, as I said, was hitting the ball just uh, repeatedly into the crowd, belted one back at Maxwell. Uh, the umpires diving out of the way for for personal safety. Maxwell didn't see it, but still caught it. Um, he suddenly looked and saw. This what's this thing in my hand? He suddenly plucked it out of the air and looked at it. Um, looked at his hand askance. So yeah, he he bowled really well, and it's, it's going to be important for uh, the World Cup. These kind of um, part time contributions are, are going to be very significant. So that was. One of the big pieces falling into the puzzle for the Australians that Maxwell's been injured, he hasn't played, uh, and then to um, bowl so well, and you know clearly indicate he fielded really well as well, diving around in the field. It was. um it was very very
0: satisfying as well as he fan. And uh, let's hope uh, that he can get some runs as well once the World Cup gets underway. Now that selection headache may or may not be over, but one that's definitely not over and we spoke about this last week with the injury that Travis Head picked up a couple of weeks ago Marnus Labuschagne seemed like he was the one that was going to come into the squad. What's the latest there? It's going to be intriguing. Today's the day. Um, mm. they'll have to announce it today.
3: Um and I mentioned last week that I didn't think it was likely, but there was a possibility that they could actually just pick Travis Head even though he was injured. Well, uh, that has firmed as a, as a real possibility now that I think his hand um, is going to be repaired at some point. It's a very long tournament, the World Cup. It finishes in, I think, November the 20th or something. So mm. uh, there's time for him to uh, make a, a contribution in the back half. So there's a possibility that they're going to pick him and effectively have only 14 players available to the first half of the tournament. But Labuschagne has been, he's batted the house down in South Africa and here. Last night, uh, he batted really, really well. Uh, you could tell how fired up he was as well, because I think he's um, aware that he, you know it's on a knife edge as to whether he gets picked or not. Um, he came out uh, sprinting to try to run a second run, forgetting the fact that Steve Smith, who'd been batting for a couple of hours, was on the verge of a, of, of a collapse, and Smith sent him back um, quite promptly. But when he got out, labuschagne he got um, 70-odd and batted really well. He was fuming as he walked off, so... I can't see how they can leave him out. Mm. Um, You know, like the the notion that, oh, you know, Labashain and Smith together don't score explosively enough. Well, they both got runs last night and Australia made 350. I think, you know, you can't do much more than that. So I I think if they omit him now from the side, it's a major mistake. But who do they... But I I, I don't mind the idea of keeping head either. So Mm. who misses out? Is it one of the all-rounders, potentially um, Cameron Green or or Marcus Stoinis, neither of whom have done amazingly well. In patches, they've both shown glimpses. Even last night, Cameron Green bowled quite well. Um, so it's going to be very intriguing just to see what they're going to do. Personally, I'd probably um, axe one of the all-rounders, I think.
0: Yeah, going to be really interesting to see what happens. And you are right. That World Cup, uh, beginning next Thursday, going until the 19th, 20th of November, it is a, it's a very long World Cup. And I know this has been spoken about in the past uh, when we had it here. And whenever the Cricket World Cup, the one-day 50-over uh, version of the tournament comes around, it does go for quite some time. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, in its early days, it was short and fast and everyone loved it.
1: Mm.
0: And
3: then they suddenly realised that the longer you, you play it, the more money you make. And um, 2007, India got beaten very early and they had a sort of a uh, much closer to the Soccer World Cup format then. And India was out and the, the broadcasters were like, well, this is ridiculous. Mm. So ever since then, they've said, we've got to make sure that India play a lot of matches. So mm. India are guaranteed to play nine matches. So that is nine instances of just money making galore and it lasts for for 6 weeks and yeah every casual fan says is this really the right way it's going to be but um yeah, that's, that's the way it is. I'm, I'm happy about it, though.
0: Yeah, no, it'll be very, very good. We might talk more about the conditions at the World Cup and a preview of the World Cup next week, because it actually begins next Thursday night at 7.30pm our time, 6.30 in Queensland. Uh, England will play uh, New Zealand. Australia's first game isn't until Sunday week against India. Also, it's 7.30, 6.30 in Queensland at that point in time. So, we may talk a bit, a bit more about that. Uh, we'll definitely talk a bit more about that next week. I just want to talk to you quickly about the Marsh Cup that's got underway. It was underway over the course of the weekend i i noticed it was on because i was flicking around the tv channels the other day but it does seem to go under the radar and it's probably uh, more of a talk for when we have bought longer than about two and a half minutes but when i was growing up the local one day competition the domestic one day competition was so big now it's almost sort of forgotten about and a bit of an odd time to start it as well i know there's schedules and the like they have to adhere to but in the middle of the nrl and the afl finals paul this is a bit of a weird time i thought
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, it's kind of um maybe a little bit like super rugby sometimes it starts, you know, I didn't realise it was on. Mm. Um, the the you, I had the exact same experience as a kid that um the, they have it on Channel nine out of Richie Beto, the whole the whole shebang. Yeah. And it was on in October after the footy and it was like a the this was the sign that someone was on the way. Now, as you say, the schedule is so condensed that they've gotta so so packed they've gotta just shove it in. No one knows it's on. Um, it, was, uh, it was quite a controversial incident where Dan Hughes was given out, uh, caught behind legitimately, but Riley Meredith, as he bowled the ball, his towel had dropped out and they um, conferred and, and brought him back in because of a, of a for, of form of obstruction. So New South Wales absolutely um, smashed Tasmania, but... With the Big Bash as well, um, yeah. the 50-over the competition has just been squeezed to the margins, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and that is disappointing. Um, and we'll talk more about that in the Sheffield Shield and Big Bash over the months to come. But, yeah, I, I think a little disappointing considering how big it used to be. I mean, I used to go to those games. I used to quite often go to Sheffield Shield games as well. But now, uh, as you say, I think... It is a good thing to have on, um, like even if, I don't even know if there are games this weekend, I assume there are on uh, Saturday and Sunday, but I suppose as well, then you've still got the AFL Grand Final to contend with. And then once you get to the weekend after where there's no uh, football codes, this, it's something to watch, something on, but definitely doesn't have the prominence that it once did or probably should really.
3: Yeah, and it's a little bit sad when you consider back uh, to games that, but... North Sydney Oval when they used to start the mm. season and there'd be eight or ten thousand people there and it had a real feel of something um something significant. The games themselves, I actually um called a game last year and uh it was, you know, three hundred and twenty played three hundred and twenty. was a cracking game of cricket. Mm. Um they're still very entertaining but The bandwidth is only so wide, unfortunately.
0: Exactly, exactly. Paul, great stuff. Uh, Got to run, but we will chat next Thursday. We'll preview the World Cup that begins next Thursday night, and then we'll talk quite frequently right throughout the World Cup. Looking forward to it, mate. Me too, mate. Paul Dennett on the line. We'll chat to him again next week. As I say, it gets underway next week. The World Cup, England taking on at New Zealand next Thursday. Australia's first game Sunday week, the 8th of October against India. That is all for the Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. We'll take a break. Come back with more. It is 10 to 6. Australia's News in a Nutshell. Didn't ask Paul's tip on air, but he is tipping the Broncos. So Chris Perkins uh, the Panthers, pulled in at the Broncos. We'll do our NRL grand final preview tomorrow. Preview the whole day with Charlie Good. So just on the Marsh Cup as well, continues today at 205. Queensland taking on South Australia at the Allen Border Field. Sheffield shield beginning in the next week or so as well. So uh, lots to look forward to on the cricket front. We'll speak to Paul again Next week, of course, highlighted by the Cricket World Cup. Big G says, morning, Dan. Yes, I watched uh, Yes, I watched the Dele last night while listening to the driver's seat and I wish I hadn't. Uh, turned on the TV early, wasn't overly happy with some comments made on NRL 360 in regards to the Panthers. Uh, to Caelan and Tamika, congratulations. Never going to keep everyone happy, but this is the system. And you're right, Big G. Uh, not everyone is going to be happy with any award system. Uh, we spoke to Matty Cox yesterday in Melbourne about the brown low People weren't overly happy about that. No system is going to be perfect. Ultimate weekend would be this one, as long as the Panthers and Hawks, Hawthorne, are playing in their respective grand finals. Well, Hawks not this year, Panthers you do get this year on a Sunday. Good luck, Big Jeep. Thank you for your company. Today we will preview the NRL grand final and the AFL grand final with Charlie Goodsow tomorrow morning. Breakfast coming up, though, after 6 o'clock. Pan and Heels in Brisbane. Vossi and Brandy in Sydney. I'll see you tomorrow morning for the final one of the week from 5am. Have a great Thursday.